Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What is good, everyone? Welcome to KGW's 3-on-3 Blazers. My name is Orlando, and just a little sample of what's ahead on the podcast. We've got reaction to a one-point loss again and again. Plus, expectations have changed for our crew. How about you? How do you feel about the Blazers as we head down the final stretch of games and our predictions and the playoff picture for the Portland Trail Blazers? plus a new and improved Rip It, we've got a guest player in the house. So stay tuned. Let's start the show. What is good, everyone? It is so good to be back. My name is Orlando, joined as always by Jared Cowley and the one and only Max Barr. Thank you so much for rocking with us, subscribing. Showing love to the podcast, it really helps us continue to grow. Guys, let's get right into this because Darkness, our good friend, is back in Rib City. <laughs> the struggle has been so real for the Portland Trail Blazers, dropping six of their last seven. And man, oh man, are the one-point losses starting to rack up. So there's three questions, there's three answers, because there's three of us. So question number one, in the past nine days, the Blazers have been on the losing end of Three one-point games against the Celtics, Clippers, and Nuggets, all good playoff teams. So what are your general feelings about this team after these tough losses, Jared? Guys, you know how I like to come on the podcast and be optimistic and positive and look at everything like the glass is half full. Uh -oh. um, I really wanted the Blazers to beat the Nuggets last night, I mean, for obvious reasons, but I told you guys and our old friend Nate in a text chat last night that if the Blazers beat the Nuggets, optimistic Jared would be back on today's podcast. And I really wanted that to be the case. But they didn't win. And perhaps as I've done some research, that saved me from trying to generate some positivity that's not really earned. I kind of hate that as soon as Nate left the podcast, I've suddenly become this negative Nelly. <laughs> I really don't like that. That's not like how I roll, but I'm just doing my best to look at this team objectively. And honestly, I'm just, I'm still not liking what I'm seeing. Um, it's obviously better that this team is at least competing in these games against good teams, which they were not doing before, but it's still not enough for me to have any confidence that the Blazers are going to be able to avoid the play-in tournament or do much of anything in the postseason. And the main reason for that is what has been the problem for the Blazers all season long, and it's their defense. It continues to be bad. When the Blazers lost CJ and Nurk, my entire reason for optimism, and I, I said this on the podcast many times, so once those two returned, I expected the offense to be as good or better than it was and for the defense to improve significantly. I thought we were going to get to a point where the Blazers were going to be playing at a top five level on offense and a top 15 level on defense. And I thought if they got to that point, then maybe they could make some noise in the playoffs. Since Yusuf Nurkic has returned, the defense has been better, but it hasn't been good enough. He came back on March 26th, and since he came back, the Blazers are allowing 112.9 points per 100 possessions. Before that, they were giving up 117 per 100, and that's a really big swing. You know, 4.1 points per game in that stat is a, is a really big swing. But the new mark is still only good enough for 20th in the NBA, and that's not good enough. We've talked about it. It needs to be top 15. It needs to be top half of the league. 
The discouraging thing is that even though these past five games that we're, we're talking about have seemed encouraging because they're now competing against these good teams and they're close losses, these one-point losses, the defense during this stretch has regressed. In the past five games, the Blazers are now giving up 115.8 points per 100 possessions. That ranks 23rd. And maybe you can make the case that the defense has just been worse because the Blazers are playing good teams during this stretch. But that's really only partly true. They are good teams, but it doesn't mean that they're all elite offensive teams. The offensive ranks of the five opponents the Blazers have played in the past five games, 12, 19, 18, 1, and 3. And the three games against the Celtics, Spurs, and Hornets, who all rank in the teens, Portland's defense allowed 114 points per 100 possessions. That's not good at all. That would rank 27th in the NBA for the season. And in the past two games, Portland has played two offensive juggernauts, but the defense has given up 118 points per 100 possessions. And for the season, that would rank dead last in the NBA. So a lot of people I've seen them talking, coaches and players and you know on Twitter and media about the defensive improvement and I'm not seeing it, at least not enough to where it's going to make a difference in how I feel about this team. And then you look at the offense. The defense hasn't improved enough, and the offense has gotten worse. Since Nurkic came back again, March 26th, looking at that date, the offense is scoring 114.7 points per 100 possessions, and that's good. It would still rank eighth in the NBA for the season. But before that time, Portland was scoring 116.1 points per 100 possessions, which would rank fifth. So the offense has taken a little step back and it's struggled in my opinion. And it's kind of what I talked about on the podcast last week for one reason. And it's Damian Lillard. He has not been himself. And this isn't criticism of Lillard at all. He's had to carry the team all season. And I think it's finally caught up to him. I really hope he can, he, he can bounce back, but if he can't, the offense is going to continue to be this borderline top 10 offense. The defense will be borderline top 20 and that's not good enough to do anything. The reason the Blazers' record was so much better than the peripheral data that we saw, we talked about this earlier in the season, was because of the team's performance in the clutch. And by team, I really mean Dame. We've talked about it so much on this podcast about how incredible he's been in the clutch all season. But now that's gone away too. Uh, Last week, I talked about Lillard and his slump and how it dates all the way back to March 21st. That's 17 games for the Blazers. That's more than a month. Dame has played 13 of those games because he sat out four. And during that slump, Dame's shooting 38% from the field and 32% from three. And in the clutch, where Dame was so dominant all season up to that point, he has not been good during this slump. Since March 21st, in 23 clutch minutes, and if you remember, clutch means the game is within five points in the five final five minutes of the game. Dame is shooting four for 15 from the field and one of eight from three. Last night against the Nuggets, Dame was 2 of 5 from the field and 0 for 2 from 3 in the clutch minutes. In the game against the Celtics, he was 1 for 5 from the field and 1 for 3 from 3 in the clutch. Before this slump started, just to to remind us of how good he was in the clutch, before March 21st, he was 37 of 63 from the field. That's 59% from the field and 16 of 33 from 3. That's 49% in 87 clutch minutes. So now you don't have Dame playing like Dame at any point during the game, but especially in in the clutch. And so it's no surprise the team has come back down to earth. I think Dame's slump could be a reason for optimism. I talked about this last week. I still feel the same. If you believe it's just a slump and not something more serious, then you should believe he's going to break out of it because he's Dame. And if he gets back to normal Damian Lillard, Portland's offense will get back to top five or better but we have to see it. I, I really hope he had three days off or three games off, eight days off. I hope that time off helped and that those nagging injuries he's been talking about that he's been dealing with won't be a, such a burden for him anymore, but only time's going to tell. So basically because the defense hasn't improved enough, the offense has gotten worse. I just, I'm, I'm still not feeling good about this team despite the, the close losses. Yeah. Like, this all starts and ends with Damian Lillard. If, if yeah. Dame is not Dame, like, this team is what it is. Like, we know how bad this team is without him. Like, it's, I think, more of a compliment to, to Dame, just how good he is when he's at the top of his game. Uh, Jared, like, I was begging for this last week. Like, I was hoping for, like, Lillard needs time off. Like, no player can have this type of burden 
this type of weight on his shoulders for an entire season. It doesn't matter who you are. At some point, you're going to hit a wall. And I think that is where Dame was at. And yeah, there, there's not that ideal moment where you can give him a week off. No. So <laughs> I guess that's, that's a silver lining in all this is that you gave Dame a little bit of time to just get away, not be playing. And he did. He did miss shots last night, mm-hmm. but I I do think watching the game, I thought that he looked better physically, um, and so maybe that time off did help. And you know, but he's got to start hitting shots. I mean, he's got to start putting the ball in the basket. Yes. Oh, totally. And it, uh, pregame, it, even the way he was talking to Brooke Olsendam uh, during the the show was just I'm, I'm reju- rejuvenated. I'm refreshed. Like these are all huge. Like yes, he's never going to be 100. percent No player is going to be 100 percent really. Uh, at this point in the season but even from that mental standpoint of like okay like I missed the game I want to be back out there I want to I want to be there for my team like that's going to be huge because there are very few players in the league that have that switch that can be flipped the way that Dame is able to do so and as they've proven they're going to be in a lot of close games like this is who they are and when We've seen Dame prove time and time again that he is one of the most clutch players in the NBA. You're going to need that those type of performances from him. So I'm, I'm looking at it as the silver lining, as hope for Blazers fans moving forward in these past 14 games with Damian Lillard in particular, because that's where it starts and ends. Max, your thoughts on this, man? Yeah, I think you nailed it, Orlando. I mean, hopefully that investment in Lillard's health is going to pay off in the long term. After one game, it looks like the slump still remains. I think he can bust out of it. Um, I agree with you, Jared. It could be a silver lining. I mean, the Blazers could have won both of these last two games. Yeah. Yeah. That shot by CJ isn't a little long. You know, this podcast isn't, you know, we joke about it, but it's not the funeral edition. No. (laughs) Totally. You know, and we talked last week about what Lillard said regarding the the losses to good teams. He kept saying – we get put away. They didn't get put away in these last couple games. And even one of, and one of them was without Lillard. That's nothing to celebrate, but at least they were in these games with a chance to win. Um, to me, the most disappointing thing was the loss to Charlotte, giving up yeah. 44 points in the first quarter. Dame or no Dame, I mean, that's inexcusable. The decision to start Rondé Hollis-Jefferson, that didn't work out. He was a minus 18 in that game. Um, one thing I do like, though, from the game against Denver, Nurkic's minutes increased. I think that's huge. He played 29 minutes. He didn't shoot well. Um, he was good in the rebounds and assist department, but he missed a lot of close shots around the basket. And at a one-point loss, those proved to be crucial shots. And, I, you know... Lillard hasn't been good in the clutch lately. You're right, Jared. And I thought that air ball three-pointer from Nurkic in the clutch was oh, boy. was pretty was a pretty bad decision. Um, but <laughs> I was I'm happy when that, we were getting to that one. Yeah, I, was yeah, I mean it, that, that that incited a scream for me on off of the couch, <laughs> which doesn't happen very often. But anyway, I'm happy that Nurkic is going to be hopefully around 30 minutes going forward. I think that's going to be important. So to me, that was a positive thing. Another positive thing I thought, and call me crazy, but I'm liking what I'm seeing recently from the young guys off the vent, off the bench, um, especially Anthony Simons. Uh, his last four games, he's shooting 50%, 11 points a game, a couple assists. Um, Nasir Little played really well against the Clippers, I thought. He had 10 rebounds. He was flying around everywhere. So some encouraging signs for me from the young guys. But, yeah, Jared, you make – you make a really good point. I mean, there's not a lot to be excited right now. And I think we're going to get to that in a little bit when it comes to our expectations for this team. Yeah, And I think some of it, so much of it is built on, on those expectations. One, you know, how I view this team going into the season and also just the past few years, what we've seen this team do in the second half where they usually kind of are finding their way through the first half of the season. And they really hit their stride after the all-star break and go on this run. And most of the time they've been, you know, statistically one of the best teams in the NBA after the all-star break and to see them now. And I understand that like, they're still, 
you know, Yusuf Nurkic is still trying to get back to 100%, and Dame's been hurt. And so there's a lot of moving pieces, and it, it's hard to get continuity there. But I'm used to that this team really gelling in the second half and, and, and going into the playoffs on a run. And right now, I mean, it's just – it's hard to feel any kind of positivity about this team because, I mean – it's just you're not seeing that at all. You're not seeing this team come together, not at this point. Well, historically, year after year, I think that's because Lillard has been one of the best players in the NBA post-All-Star break. Yeah, very And true. this is the first year in what seems like his career that we're just not seeing that. Yeah, and I wonder if it's not – I mean, a, a lot of it is that he has had to carry this team all season long with the injuries, but it's also just this weird season. You know, not as much time off, you know, shorter off season, you know, strange training camp, you know, uh, less rest between games, you know, fewer practices during the season. I mean, all this stuff adds up. And I mean, this is a really long slump for Dame, like for it to go for a month plus. You don't see those very often. If you look through his career, um, slumps go for this long. And so I do hope that it's not something more serious. Or something that he can bounce back from and that this is just a slump and not something that's, you know, health related that he's not going to be able to, to get, you know, come back from this season um, because they really need him at the top of his game. That's such a good point, Jared. I was thinking about last night's uh, game after the, the press conference and just, you know, what is, what is up? Because, you know, Dame was, was talking about, how, you know, the offense now needs to catch up with the defense, uh, the just lack of urgency, uh, just lapses in games where they're, they're blowing these, these leads in, in critical moments where they let their foot off the gas. Like, there are all those moving pieces that you mentioned that just makes this year so funky, so weird. Uh, because you're right, this is the time of the year where we're like, okay, now the Blazers have found their groove. There, there's cohesion. We understand the, the flow. Guys understand their roles. And we still have games where uh, Stotts is tinkering with the lineup, where Derek Jones Jr. Is, is being benched for an entire game where they desperately need defense. Like there are just moments like that that usually happen much earlier in the season and the clock is ticking like they are running out of time here to figure that part out it is working against them right now where normally they have all of that sorted out guys understand their roles and that's what has also been impressive about uh, Max mentioning Anthony who has come off the bench randomly in spots and has been able to deliver and make an impact positively in games so there are little takeaways there, but that's the bummer right now is that usually they're just further along right now. And so that for me is, is my biggest concern because yeah, that, that Charlotte game is, is inexcusable. They got punched in the mouth and never recovered. And that was probably the, the sad part because the, the final score looked way more respectable than what that game really was. And I understand like when a team is hot and they're hitting, like that happens, but it seems like these teams tend to get hot against the Portland trailblazers. And so that's, that's the frustrating part about it, but you hear the cliche often in that it's a make or miss league and dang, is that so true? Especially in the, in these past six or seven games, win or loss, you know, like we talked about the, the back-to-back one point losses where if CJ hits it or if Powell knocks down that floater, they win. But on the other hand, they could have lost that game to, or, or you have the, the Boston shot as well. Like there, there's, there's so many games where it's coming down to just these moments and Dame has been so perfect in those moments that you lose track of just how close these games really are for the trailblazers because they're not good enough to put teams away and they're not bad enough generally uh, where they're, they're put away on, on a regular basis. So yeah, the San Antonio game was the, the one I'm thinking of where they win by one, you know? Yeah. So, that's a really good point. I mean, I've seen you know a lot of lamenting the referees on Twitter after the, the loss to the Clippers, but 
I thought there could have been a foul called on Pirtle at the very end of the Spurs game, which they got out of there with a win. So I believe in the, the final two minute report, it, they did say that it should have been in that. Oh, game. really? Okay. Game. Well, so it all evens out. Yeah, yeah. That's my point. It all evens out with these things. And so they've got it. Closing time is, is what's going to pay the bills for the trailblazers and it is going to keep them relevant. And there's and one interesting thing about closing time. And I was looking at this. I remember it's, I saw this when I was, I was doing the, the research on the clutch stats and last night's game, I mean, those final five minutes were all clutch minutes. Um, and the Blazers were terrible on offense. They four for 15 from the field, 0 for 3 in the clutch as a team. But the team was a plus one in the clutch because of how good their defense was. And maybe it was just the Nuggets, you know, struggling on offense too. But when I was watching the game, that that unit out there was, and it was, you know, it was that unit we've talked about, Dame, CJ, Norman Powell, Rocco, and, and Nurk, they were defending. Uh, I mean, you know, Jokic had some, some, some good shots and some good hits, but, but Nurkic was playing him straight up and really being physical with him. Um, so there was some positive things to see. You know, I talked earlier about the defense and how that's one of my reasons that I'm pessimistic. But in those final five minutes, even though the offense really wasn't up to snuff, the defense was really good, good enough that they outscored Denver in the clutch. By one point, it just wasn't enough to – they needed outscoring by two. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it's such a good point because I – after that game wrapped up, I felt like they should have won that game. Like, it, it just it, – it felt I like – I felt one that of those way games. about the Clippers game too. Yeah, where they, they played well enough to win that game and, and you held the Joker under his, his averages. And like this dude takes over games, especially uh, late in games, and they did such a good job and – it was a shame that they couldn't come away with that with that win specifically because I think that changes the entire narrative of this conversation just with that one game because there, there weren't a lot of excuses involved. Like it was, this is who the Blazers are. This is who the Nuggets are. This is a, a could be viewed as a, a playoff matchup. So we got to see how they were and there was that competitiveness. Like it, it had it and I just thought they played well enough to win that game. So that was really the bummer in all of this because I was I was really prepared to talk about the Blazers winning that game and that being somewhat of a, a turning point as they, you know, enter Memphis week as as Max pointed out. <laughs> <laughs> so guys, let's let's move on to yep. question number two. Well this would be this would be a good week to put it all together. Yes. Yep. Yep. Exactly. So last week we we talked about how fans have have to recalibrate their expectations for this team. So how have your expectations changed for the Blazers? How do you see the rest of the season playing out, guys? Play in. You know, <laughs> as I mentioned last week, my, my expectations have moved toward the play-in tournament for this team. Um, I think their schedule is more difficult than the Mavericks' schedule. We'll get into those schedules in the short term in a little bit. Um, I wanted to bounce just a hypothetical situation off you guys. Um, and I want you guys to tell me what, what you think would be more disappointing. So first scenario is Blazers hold off Dallas. They get the six seed, but they lose in the first round of the playoffs. Or they finish in seventh or eighth, win their first play-in game to become the seventh seed, and then they lose in the first round. Which one of those would be more disappointing to you guys? I think when it's all said and done, they'd be equally disappointing. I think that no matter how we've recalibrated, reset our expectations now, I think that the expectation for this roster, for this squad, should be something more than a first-round exit. And so if the Blazers, whether they get into the play-in and, you know, make the playoffs and lose in the first round, or if they hold on to the sixth seed and, and lose in the first round that way, it's a first round exit, no matter how you slice it. And I think that that is a failure. I don't think you can look at the season any way, any other way. It's a failure. And so no matter how that happens, I think I'd be equally disappointed. Yeah. That's one thing with expectations that still hasn't changed for me. When you think about uh, playoff results, and even going back months ago, if Max would have asked us that question, 
I would have said, if they don't make it out of the first round, wholesale changes are coming. Some, some drastic moves are going to happen uh, for this team. And so I'm with you, Jared. No matter how you slice it, it's still bad. It's, an, it's a failure to your point. So, yeah, like there, I don't feel like there's a, a, a good feeling, even if they, you know, drop and then they have this bubble performance and then they get, you know, knocked out by the Lakers or whoever, you know, the Jazz. They, they've got to get out of this first round. Uh, yeah. So so I'm like, whatever their their matchup is, whoever the, the best matchup is for them to get out of the first round, that's what I want to see. So for me, it's you got to get to the second round. There, there has to be that results have to be there with this team. So, Jared, your your expectations, man. I mean, clearly my expectations have changed. If you've listened to this podcast, you know. Before the season, I predicted the Blazers would finish second in the West. And at the time, I was definitely reaching for my most optimistic projection. We lost Max for a minute, you know, fun Zoom internet issues, but he's back, so I'm going to let him in. But anyway, yeah, but I, I really did believe at that time that this team would have a dominant offense, a much improved defense because of a healthy use of Nurkic and the additions of Covington and Derek Jones Jr. And yes, injuries got in the way of that. But now I just think it it seems like this team is running out of time to get that defense to a point where it's good enough for them to be able to make up any ground in this playoff race, let alone slide down into the play-in and then do anything productive in the playoffs. For me, and again, my expectations are still that this roster should have been competing for home court in the playoffs and getting out of the first round. I don't see that happening now, but that doesn't set change how I feel that this roster as it was should have performed. And I think they're, I think the team's going to continue to fight because that's what they do. This team has character. They're not going to give up, but I think the roster has some flaws that maybe I didn't see before the season, especially on its bench that, that will not allow it to get where it needs to be defensively. I'm also genuinely concerned about Lillard's health and that could mean the offense will take a step back. You look at Portland's remaining schedule, they have 14 games left and 10 of those games are against teams 500 or better. Realistically, I think Portland wins maybe five or six of their remaining games. And I think because Dallas has one of the easiest remaining schedules in the NBA, they're probably going to eventually pass the Blazers. Portland falls into the play-in tournament. I think they probably do get out of the play-in. I think they make the playoffs. But that means a first-round playoff date against the Jazz, the Suns, or the Clippers most likely one of those three teams. And I'm not confident at all that this team can beat any of those teams in a playoff series. I know some people have talked about how you get that two seven matchup against the Suns. That's a good scenario for the Blazers because the Suns are young and untested. I don't think so. The Suns have, you know, the Blazers have not looked good against the Suns at all this season. And I'm sorry, but you know, Chris Paul, he's had his way against Damian Lillard, Lillard's entire career. So I just don't see a good matchup there. I don't know. I think that for me, it looks right now like play in and a first round exit. And if that happens, that would be four first round exits in the past five seasons. And that's just not where I want this team to be or where I feel like they should be. I hope I can flip flop on this. I hope the Blazers start to show me a lot more and give this fan base a much needed shot of optimism. But right now I can't see that. I'm just, I just don't see it right now. Yeah, I mean, the fact is only four teams make it to the second round. Yep. And right now, I think there are five teams better than the Blazers right now. I mean, Phoenix got Chris Paul. Their their team has gotten a lot better. If I had an MVP vote, I don't. He'd be on my top five ballot for sure. Utah took another step forward this year, and they've had a ton of continuity and a ton of good health luck. Yes. You know, Up until recently with the Donovan Mitchell ankle sprain. Um, the Nuggets, their best player, went up a level. He'll likely be the MVP of the league. And then you have the Clippers and Lakers, who are still really, really good, despite their own injury issues. So could the Blazers still do it? Of course. But my expectations are that they won't. But a lot can change between now and the end of the season. The opportunity is definitely still there. I'm I'm holding on by a thread here, guys, but I'm I'm going to remain positive, at least for another week here, 
Um, I think I think we're going to feel a little bit better about this team after they they run through Memphis. Um, but but you're right. I mean, there's there are so many reasons to be upset uh, as a Blazers fan based on what the expectations were set by this organization, by the players who have championship aspirations. This was cool five years ago. This was cool four years ago to be like, yeah, we're, we're a playoff team. We're above 500. We're competitive. All that stuff was good. But now when you want more and you got a taste of what the conference finals was like, I think the fan base should demand more from this team. And I mentioned this a little bit last week in terms of how forgiving this fan base is. Everybody is, is really nice because, you know, we, we love our team. The, the Blazers are, are the big ticket in Portland. Um, you know, folks identify with this team on, on, on a, a higher level. But Damien's prime window is, is here and the clock is ticking and they are running out of time. So I understand all of that, those frustrations, and I'm still banking on this team figuring it out when they're as desperate as they can be to try and either hold on to this six seed or when they do, when they are faced with play in mode, I think that this team will rise up, but will it be enough to beat those teams? I understand Jared's uh, skepticism with these matchups because they're one in 10 against teams ahead of them in the Western conference standings this season. Like that's unacceptable. You've got to be better against the good teams. There's only so far that you can go with mediocrity, with being okay with it. And I think that we're hitting that point for this organization. I still think there's time. They're just running out of it. You hit the nail on the head. I do think Blazers fans should expect and demand more. You have a top 10 player in the NBA in his prime right now, and this team is struggling to stay out of the plan. You reached the Western Conference Finals two seasons ago, and you're looking at the possibility of two first-round exits to follow that up. Hmm. As Dame's about to turn 31, the Blazers fans base is an extremely smart group of basketball fans. They should expect more than what we're getting from this team right now. All right, guys. Man, Let's why am I so negative? <laughs> <laughs> I feel bad. <laughs> this, this is a safe space, Rip City. Come join us. <laughs> Question number three, guys. The Blazers lead the Dallas Mavericks by a half game in the standings, and they're tied in the loss column. Let's take a look at both team schedules over the next week and discuss – the playoff race. All right, so here's where we are with the Blazers. The next four games, we've got the two home games against the Grizzlies, who are just two games back in the loss column, by the way. So these are big games. And then that's followed by back-to-back road games against the Pacers and the Grizzlies again. Now, because of that back-to-back, we've got to expect Nurkic to rest one of those two games. And based on the decision to play Nurkic against Jokic, I would, I would guess that he sits out against the Pacers, who have all kinds of injuries at the center position right now. And for the Grizzlies, Jonas Valanciunas has missed their last two games with a concussion. But last night, Jaron Jackson Jr. made his season debut. He played well, but the team lost to the Clippers. Memphis hasn't released their injury report yet as of this recording, so we don't know who's questionable or who's out, anything like that. Now, as for Dallas, their next four games include two home games against the Lakers, followed by back-to-back road games against the Kings and the Warriors. Anthony Davis is coming back. He's expected to play Thursday night with just a 15-minute limit. But the Lakers have been hanging tough without their two stars lately. They're 5-5 five and five in their last 10 games. So that's kind of where we stand at this moment. What do you guys think? Yeah, looking at these these two team schedules, I don't know if we're going to see a lot of movement in either direction this week. 
because I think I see both of these teams probably going two and two. Um, you look at the Blazers have these three games against Memphis. Memphis does have Jaron Jackson Jr. back. Like Max said, he was great in his first game back last night. 15 points, eight boards, four blocks in just 18 minutes. I think he's their second best player. And so that looks like really bad timing for the Blazers. I think the Blazers probably can get one of those three. You'd, I'd, I'd see them maybe splitting the games at home, and then they lose on the road at Memphis. Uh, the Pacers, they lost Miles Turner. That's a big blow for that team. They're kind of scuffling uh, five and five in their, their last 10, but their net ratings are negative 2.4 in that stretch. So I think Portland could pick up a win there. So I think the Blazers could go two and two over the next four. Dallas, the same thing. The Lakers get Anthony Davis back. They might get LeBron James back in like a week, but, you know, Dallas gets a bit of a break there. They're probably not going to see LeBron. The Lakers, like Max said, they've stayed afloat without AD because their defense is so good. And you get AD back, even if he's on a, a minute's limit. I think the Lakers could take both of those from the Mavericks. It's not like the Mavericks have been lighting the world on fire, but I'll call a split. Um, so you get one win there for Dallas. The Mavericks should definitely beat the Kings, but the Kings also beat them last Sunday by 14 points. So I don't know, but I'm going to pick Dallas to win there. The Warriors have been awesome lately. Their defense has been great. Steph Curry has been a man on a mission. He had 18 points last night in a loss to the Wizards, but that broke a streak of 11 games in a row with 30 points or more. And during that 11-game stretch, he averaged 40 points per game, shot 54% from the field, 50% from three. It was like one of those stretches we see from Dame. <laughs> uh, Steph and Luka, that's going to be an, an incredible matchup. But this one comes in the second of a back-to-back -back on the road for the Mavs. So I think I'd give the Warriors the edge. So I think the Mavs will go two and two as well. So as we're looking to see if Dallas can overtake the Blazers in that sixth spot, I think that that's probably not going to happen this week. But, uh, but Dallas's schedule after that just keeps getting easier. So we'll see. I'm glad you brought up the Warriors because that was that was the one game I was looking at is, you know, uh, th there are certain matchups here. And just seeing the way that, that Dallas has played the past week or so, like I haven't exactly been, you know, scared of what they're doing as no. someone who follows Portland. So there, there's that. And I, I agree with you. I don't think that movement will happen this week. And I will say that I think Portland probably takes two out of three uh, from Memphis. Really? Um, this coming week. Yeah, I do. Um, and I, I think it has a lot to do because those are going to be treated like playoff games. Yeah. Um, so I, I think you're going to get the Blazers best shot. And I think we're going to have an even better idea of where this team is at in, in a competitive mode. And the other thing is like this is Memphis is not one of the, the team, one of the elite teams in, in the West. They're not a team that's ahead of them. Where when, yeah. where when I look at them, I automatically am like L that's a loss automatically. Um, I don't feel that strongly with uh, with the Grizzlies, who are what I think two games, two games over five hundred, I think. Yeah. yeah, and so I mean they're going to be entertaining, uh, super competitive games like they all are with with the Blazers, where you know a possession here or there is probably going to decide those games. But um, I agree. I think that when we look at the standings a week from today, it's going to look pretty darn similar. I'm with you, Orlando. I think the Blazers are going to win two out of three against the Grizzlies. And I think they're going to take care of business against the Pacers. So I think they're going to go three and one. And I think Dallas is going to go two and two. I'm with you there, Jared. So I think the Blazers are going to have a little bit more of a cushion next time we talk. If the Blazers go Hopefully three right. and one in these four <laughs> yeah. games, I'm going to feel a lot better about the direction this team is headed because I do think that, I mean, Memphis might not be one of those top tier Western conference teams, but they have been playing very well lately. Their offense is incredible. And over the past 10 games, they have the second best offensive rating in the league. Um, they're playing like a really good team now and they're getting their second best player back. Um, so I think if the Blazers were able to take two or three from the Grizzlies, that would really be a step in the right direction that, that I'm just not ready to go there yet because I, I just don't trust this team against any good team right now. Yeah, um, yeah. And I know that they've had more success against kind of middle of the road 500 teams than they have against the elite Western Conference teams. But I still, I just, they have to, it, it's a prove it situation yeah. for me right now. I have to see it before I can really put any confidence or trust in this team. I think that's fair. 
you know, to, to have that approach with the Blazers right now, because look at how far into the season we are. Yeah. And we're still waiting for that switch to, to flip. And so, and it's no disrespect to the Grizzlies because I, I think the Blazers and Grizzlies are in that same tier. I yeah. think they're, they're similar. I just think that when the Blazers play to their potential, they have a higher ceiling uh, than the Grizzlies. And I think we're going to experience that this week, just knowing that this team, the Blazers are going to get to a point of desperation here real soon. They, they're already there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's fair too. Can we uh, tap those wrists one time? It's that it's that time of the podcast. The one and only Max Barr, ladies and gentlemen. All right, guys, let's liven it up a little bit. It is yes, great to be we. back. <laughs> With another week. Well, we'll see if I can liven it up here. <laughs> Good point. It's another week of Rip It. Here we go. All right, last week, Orlando did it again. He got the wild card question right in clutch time to secure another Rip It win. As he said, that is so Rip It. Now, this week, for the first time, we actually have a guest Rip It player. It's going to be fun. We asked for your answers on Twitter, and this man was the first to send them to us. His name is Marvin Iverson. Marvin, welcome to the game. And good luck. Let's find out how you all did last week. And we are going back to the win against the San Antonio Spurs. And the question for this game was who will score the most points? Norman Powell, DeJounte Murray, or Derek White? Now, unfortunately for Marvin, he did not get his answers in ahead of this game. So he is ineligible for this question. But that's just the breaks of the game. Jared, you and Orlando both said Norm Powell, and you both got it right. Powell scored 22 points, Murray with 13, White with 13. So you guys take the 1-0 lead. See, I'm feeling better already. <laughs> All right, good to last. Yeah, man. <laughs> All right, well, let's talk about that loss to the Hornets. question for this game was which team will shoot a better three-point percentage? All three of you said the Blazers for this one. And this was, the, you were all dead wrong. The Hornets shot 42% from three in the blowout. Blazers shot 28%. Oh, that's ugly. How Next game. About that one too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I know. Makes sense. Next game against the Clippers, the question was how many Blazers will score in double figures? Uh, these are my favorite. <laughs> now, all three of you had different answers for this one. This was the classic four, five, six. Jared, you said four. Orlando, five. Marvin said six Blazers in double figures. Let's see how many there were. We have CJ had 28 points. Norm Powell, 23. Carmelo came through with 18. Anthony Simons, 13. And that's it. Yeah. Four. <laughs> <laughs> Jared gets it right. By oh, the way, Ennis, Ennis, oh, Cantor, on. Ennis Cantor, nine points. So just that one, one point away from thank Orlando you, thank getting you, that Ennis. one. <laughs> I, always, I always knew I loved you. <laughs> I could smell it. <laughs> All right, let's move on to Blazers versus Nuggets. The question for this game was an over-under. It was over or under 27.5 points for Nikola Jokic. Jared, you and Orlando went over. Marvin went under. Smart man. And Marvin got this one right. Marvin! Way to go, go, Marvin. Jokic, 25 points for the under. You're throwing a wrench in my plans here, Marvin. (laughs) And that means it all comes down to the wild card question yet again. Is it it tied? It could be after Uh this question. Uh Uh (laughs) Uh-oh. What is it right now? Jared, you got two. Marvin's got one. Orlando, you you got a goose egg, right? No, you got one, Orlando. Excuse one. me. Okay, gotcha. 
Oh boy. The wild card oh. question of the week. Suspense, was, baby. Suspense. In which game will there be the fewest total points scored? Oh. Jared, you said it was the game against the Hornets. Orlando, you said the Clippers. And Marvin said the Denver game. Oh, no. <laughs> so, Blazers and Spurs combined for 213 points. Blazers and Hornets combined for 210. Blazers and Clippers combined for 225. And the Blazers and Nuggets combined for 211. Oh, my God. Which means Jared oh gets it right. <laughs> <laughs> it was the Charlotte game. He nails oh the wild card question. He gets three out of five for the week, and he gets his first rip it win of the year. <laughs> Congratulations, Jared. Marvin, thank you for playing. Jared, your thoughts. The floor is yours. Oh, I am finally off the schneid. Oh, my gosh. It has been such a long season of like loss after loss after loss after tie after tie after loss. Oh, this feels good. It's been a, I've been, like I said, a negative Nelly on this podcast, but I'm feeling, I'm feeling wonderful now. I now expect the Blazers to go 4-0 in the next week. <laughs> well, thank you for playing, Marvin. You were a, a great competitor. You had me, yeah. uh, you had me sweating there. Yeah. And, you know, by the way, I want to remind you that I did predict you would get your first rip it win before the season ended. <laughs> so congratulations. At the time, I didn't think that was such a, a difficult prediction, but I'm starting to get nervous. <laughs> well, way to go, Jared. I'm happy for you. Thank you. How's it feel, Nate? <laughs> oh, <laughs> I know you're listening. He doesn't. He told me he doesn't listen to this podcast anymore. He's done. <laughs> oh, I'm dead. Oh. <laughs> That's so good. <laughs> All right, guys. It's time to get to this week's game. And that means we're looking for another guest player. So remember, tweet us your answers. We are Jared Cowley, Orlando KGW, and Max N. Barr on Twitter. If you want to join this week's game, it's that easy. Just tweet them to us, and we'll get you in the game. And we're going to start it off because it's Grizzlies week. We are starting with the Grizzlies. Friday's game. And here's the question. Who will make the most three-pointers? Grayson Allen, Robert Covington, or Anthony Simons? Oh, boy. Oh, uh, Covington rule engaged. Roko, please. All right. I'm going to go with Grayson Allen. He's been playing right, Jared, Jared going with the Grizzly. All right. Next game against Memphis, which is on Sunday. Question for this game is who will finish with more assists, John ja Morant or Damian Lillard? Give me Dame. Oh, I, I want to go against. <laughs> I want to go against it. All right, let's let's do it. I'll take Ja. Let's let's oh, switch it up. Let's okay. switch it up. Okay. Oh, he's going to make me pay for this. How, how has it gone for you, Orlando, when you've picked against Dave in the past? Remind oh, me. it's it's an automatic <laughs> L, man. Like, <laughs> it's been an automatic L. He's got enough wins this season where he could just he could take yeah, the I risk. Know. Yeah, <laughs> he, he talking smack to Orlando. That doesn't really work. <laughs> All right, Blazers at Pacers. Who will score the most points? Malcolm Brogdon, C.J. McCollum. Or Karis Levert? Give me CJ. Let's go Levert. All right. And that brings us to the third and final game against the Grizzlies. Over or under 16 points in this game for Carmelo Anthony? Oh, boy. Let's do it, baby. Three to the dome. We're going over. You're going over? Let's go, Melo. Okay. Let's go. I'll go under. All right. That brings us to the wild card question of the week. We're going to focus on the Grizzlies again. Which game against the Grizzlies will be the highest scoring of the three? Oh, boy. Blazers have got the, which game against the Grizzlies will be the highest scoring game? So most total points between the two teams. 
Give me this. Blazers have got two at game. home. You're going with the second home game? Yeah, it's a Saturday game, right? Uh, I believe that's Sunday. All right, I believe yeah, they go Friday, Sunday. Okay, yeah, give me the Sunday game. I think I think I'll take the the Friday game. They're they're gonna come out gunning. Are any of those games on national TV? Uh, good question. I don't know the answer to that. I'm gonna look it up real quick. I'm curious now. Let's see. Enjoy this silence as I look this up. <laughs> uh, nope, doesn't look like it. Well, now what would that what would that be a factor in? in your decision-making, Jared? You would say that if it was on national TV, you think it would be a higher-scoring game? Possibility. You know, some players definitely get up for those national TV games. Dame is one of them. Um, but it looks like the Blazers only have two remaining games on any kind of national TV the rest of the season. The road on – or the game on the road against the Nets and then the game on the road against the Celtics. So, hmm. nope. Okay. All right, guys. Listeners, get us those answers, and you can get in the game, and we will find out how you did next week. Shout out to Marvin again for, for coming through, giving us those answers. That was a lot of fun. Uh, I know Jared was, on a, was sitting on the edge of his seat there, wondering <laughs> if he could get it done, coming down to that final question. so Yeah, and let me, let me just stress that this was – it came down to one point. I know. <laughs> Marvin, Marvin got Marvin's pick was second place. Yep. And if that, if there was one point less in the Denver game, it's a, it's another tie for Jared and more another week of misery. Yeah, when you when you read off who had each answer and you said that Marvin had the Denver game, I was like, that was a low scoring game. I'm yep. in trouble. But maybe it was just the Blazers' performance was so bad against the Hornets that that saved me. <laughs> I guess. Guys, it's, it, it's been another good week. Uh, you know, it was a, a struggle to, to find uh, optimism, but I think things are, are looking up. And anytime that we get closer to the playoffs, it's always fun. Uh, it's one of my favorite times where, you know, basketball is just king. And, you know, there's always a good game on. So looking forward to that and, and what this week has to hold for the, the Trailblazers. But um, thank you to everybody for joining the podcast for subscribing for leaving those positive reviews for rocking with your boy it means a lot to us as we continue to grow this podcast so please continue to do so it helps us out oh so much guys it was good seeing you again on zoom doing this thing socially distant let's run it back next week better than ever see you